Welcome to the Future of Ground Transportation podcast, where we discuss the exciting innovations that lie ahead for organizational ground transportation. Each episode, we cover topics tailored to those resolving transportation-related challenges and provide tips, tools, and trends that will inspire you to stay ahead of the curve. And now, here's your host, Daniel Perez. Welcome to the Future of Ground Transportation. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Louis Bukov. Mr. Louis, thank you for joining us tonight at the Future of Ground Transportation podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, having me on. Big fan of, of the podcast and, and what you're doing here. Thank you. Thank you, Louis. So, Louis, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, myself, I'm, I'm a Baltimore native, uh, born and raised, uh, but currently situated in New York. Uh, my background uh, career-wise was in corporate finance, uh, doing FP&A commercial and supply chain finance at General Electric. Um, so I was there for a little bit. But uh, the reason why I'm on the podcast today and, and kind of the origins of my ground transportation story was my grandparents had a tour business. Uh, so I grew up around watching them coordinate charter transportation, group cruises, group blocks of hotels. Um, and so really got to see that group planning process. Uh, but myself and my co-founder, Brady, who's Bussy's CTO, um, we actually started out in the industry as customers. So we were coordinating uh, group transportation ourselves. We were chartering buses. Um, and that really led to us uh, kind of go, when we went through the process, really trying to understand uh, what was causing this poor experience. Why was it so drawn out where we were spending a lot of time, the operators themselves were spending a lot of time in the process. Um, and we're in the day and age where everything's at our fingertips. So we, to ourselves, we thought there had to be a better way. Um, and that kind of fast forward to today, uh, we, we think we're solving um, and providing that better way for operators and their customers. Totally, totally, Louis. So, so Louis, uh, for a little bit of context, so you mentioned that you started working at your uncle's uh, tour business. So, uh, gro- growing up, my my grandparents had a tour business. Um, so, I, I didn't work there, but uh, got to see it happening behind the scenes. And um, you know, they had that my my entire life growing up. Uh, so, that was kind of my first foray into transportation and travel. Got it. And at the same time, what, what were you doing, Lewis, behind the scenes as, as you were growing up as a, whether it was a teenager or as an adult? And um, how did you end up, you know, sort of founding uh, Busy? Bussy, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, growing up, it was more of more of just witnessing it happening. Um, as I mentioned before, kind of my, my co-founder and I, we were coordinating charter transportation um, as we got a little bit older for you know, 150 plus uh, people at a time. And every time we got to that process, uh, you know, we had to take days to get a quote, weeks to wrap up a booking, I had to go drop off a check at the bus company's office. And that led us to talking to other people that were coordinating uh, group ground transportation and chartering buses. And what we discovered was that it wasn't unique to our geographical location or that specific bus company. It was really a common thread around the country and around the world. Um, And so that led us to talking to hundreds of operators around the country, really to understand and unpack uh, what was driving that experience as, as customers. And what we discovered from there was that operators had, many operators had legacy uh, technology um, more focused on the operations and dispatch and completely ignoring the sales team uh, and providing that modern online customer experience that we've all come to expect 
when it comes to booking travel and booking transportation. Now, when we book with JetBlue or when we book with Marriott, uh, it's a few clicks of a button and, we, and our booking's all set. Um, the bus industry um, and the broader group ground transportation space, uh, we discovered didn't have that. Um, there was no digital inventory. There was no digital pricing. Um, and for us, you know, we're, we're builders at heart. Uh, we really fell in love with the industry and, and saw uh, a really desperate need for technology and, and really to support operators and bring them into the 21st century. Uh, so that led us to, to founding Bussy um, and providing a, what we call the operating system for group ground transportation companies, uh, giving them all the tools to digitize and streamline their uh, entire charter quoting and booking process. So everything from instant quote on the website all the way through to uh, online payments and the actual fulfillment of the trip um, and really providing the tools uh, needed to be 21st century modern businesses. Got it. Very well said, Lewis. And, and this is one of the reasons why we invited you as a guest today. Uh, as a veteran in this industry, we operate about 100 buses and we could totally relate with this challenge that the current industry is facing, right? Uh, you said whether it's a Marriott, or JetBlue, everybody has an inventory. You can book online, and within five to ten minutes, you have your reservation confirmed um, in both parties. And in this industry, there's a lot of going back and forth, right? And we still uh, there's a lot of operators that are still I call them uh, they're still operating kind of like a dinosaur mentality. Yep. And my main objective as a CEO in the ground transportation sector, and, and especially for, for my own businesses, is to sort of revolutionize that process. So that way we could create a better experience for all of our travelers. So with that being said, so you got the aha moment, uh, especially from the tour business. And then from there, how long, tell us a little about the journey, how long you guys been in business. Um, are you guys only tailored to the private sector? Is it to the public sector as well? Great, great question. Uh, so we, the initial idea came in 2017. Um, so it's been, uh, since then, there's, there's been quite the ride. Um, but it really just started out as an idea. Uh, we were exploring it on the side, um, really trying to understand uh, the landscape of the industry and uh, where technology could fit in. Uh, so we, in 2017, we didn't start building. Uh, we just started learning. Um, and so fast forward to end of 2018, uh, myself and my co-founder, Brady, uh, we decided this, this is something that we want to pursue. Uh, it has legs. This industry needs it and, and the consumer needs it as well. Uh, so let's go full time and, and pursue this. Um, and so from there, we, we ended up uh, talking to, as I mentioned, hundreds of operators around the country. We actually co-located with a really large operator in the Northeast to learn the ins and outs of the bus business. Uh, so everything from dispatch operations, charter sales, um, the uh, the line run side of the business in addition to that. And so that was kind of uh, where we started. And, and really, our goal was to build side by side with operators from the get go. Uh, we knew this was an industry that didn't embrace technology um, as we were coming in. And so we needed to figure out how to get operators to embrace technology. And for that, it's, it's about building trust. Um, and, and building side by side with the operators directly from the start. And so that's what we've done um, from the very beginning. And we're excited about uh, our technology today, the platform we've created. Um, we think it's revolutionary and really it's first of its kind in the in terms of what, what it's providing for operators and their customers and better connecting them uh, online uh, through the internet. So uh, that's kind of where we, we sit today. Um, and we officially launched in uh, September of 2019, uh, more focused around quoting. Uh, that was our first step is 
how do we uh, provide operators the ability to provide instant quoting, uh, get pricing uh, correct and accurate. Uh, that's that's pretty essential when you're giving an instant quote over the internet. And then from there, uh, kind of gotten pulled in by the industry and had operators ask us to go farther, farther down what I like to call like the charter stack. Uh, so quoting, you have the contract process, you have the payment process, you have the inventory availability, dispatching operations and fulfillment. Um, and so uh, since then, we've kind of just extended and, and built out more of a full-featured platform uh, for charter operators. Perfect. Thank you, Louis. So for all the listeners, Louis, especially we have folks uh, from the procurement side, we have other listeners uh, from the operator's perspective. We're going to go very deep into sort of the ground transportation logistics, uh, dispatching softwares, and and sort of uh, booking platforms. So with that being said, Louis, with your solutions, are they currently being integrated with other dispatch and uh, limo or bus softwares? Because one of the main obstacles that I'm assuming that you guys might uh, you guys might have is we have about three to five main key players in the software uh, ground transportation sector that a lot of the sort of the ecosystem live in those softwares and it's hard to maneuver two different softwares at the same time. So how are you guys currently navigating through those challenges? Yeah, that, that's a really great question. Um, when we first started. Uh, it was our, our full wholehearted intent, uh, especially since we started around just quoting, uh, to integrate into the existing dispatch and operations softwares out there. Um, you know, going into the industry, we discovered that uh, they, it wasn't really set up for collaboration. Uh, you know, we see other tech industries and other other verticals where every software system's connected. Um, the ground transportation industry didn't really have that ecosystem. And so that's really uh, what led us to extending um, and creating more of this like full featured platform. Uh, that being said, though, we, we are very open to collaborating with the other software platforms out there. Uh, for us, a digital ecosystem is essential for growing for help and help supporting operators, as well as the broader ecosystem and, and growing the pie for everyone. Um, so we have the capability uh, today, but we also provide uh, some feature overlap so that operators can get into our platform and use it as the one-stop shop. Um, so that's kind of how we, we think about and approach that today. Got it. So, Louis, do you guys currently have sort of any, can you name sort of some of the integration that you guys currently have with uh, other limo softwares or uh, boss uh, systems, or is that still sort of on the works? Yes, some of them are still still in the works. Um, we, we haven't really launched any of them just because there hasn't been a need with our existing client base. Um, most have either uh, come to us because they don't want to be with their existing software. Um, and, and we've shown that we uh, build side by side with operators. And so we can evolve uh, and collaborate really quickly uh, to enhance the platform and make sure that it works for operators. And so that's been that's been our bread and butter and sweet spot. Um, is uh, working with operators side by side, where we like to say, like, you're not really adopting the software platform for today, but you're adopting what it can become in five years together, um, and really enabling the operators we work with to be design partners as we evolve the platform and evolve Bussy. God, thank you, Louis. And for all the listeners, I know that one of the main limo softwares at one point had a, a lot of bad publicity because one of the main um, operators bought 
the, the the limo software. So I'm assuming that you guys have no conflict of interest with bus operators or limousine operators that you guys are mainly focusing primarily in the sort of software development, not so much on the transportation sector. Is that a, a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely fair. Um, we're a software company through and through. Uh, we aren't in the business of operating buses or competing against the operators we serve. Um, you know, for us, we're, we're we like to say like we're team operator um, all the way, where we want to just help operators come online, provide a better experience to to their teams, um, as well as better connect them and their customers online. So uh, that's that's definitely been our focus, and will continue to be our focus moving forward. Got it. So just out of curiosity, what is the average sort of a booking process from the time that I start a coding or a code to the time that I get a confirmation? Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen bookings uh, get reduced down to 47 seconds. Um, it, it's really click, quick. Uh, it's, it's just four clicks of a button if, if you're an operator uh, pulling a booking all the way through the process. And as we build deeper and deeper, we're going to continue to provide automation for operators. You know, for what we found in the industry that was so adverse to technology is we can't go from zero to 100 um, right away. We really had to uh, provide this uh, steady uh, technology adoption uh, process for them. And so starting out with voting, evolving into what we call operator-assisted booking, where the operator can uh, provide that double double check or sanity check on the quote before actually moving it forward to booking to the eventual state of full online booking where uh, the sales team doesn't even need to touch it. Uh, the sales team's only touching uh, charters that uh, maybe are coming in via phone or email and putting those into the system. And so that's the inevitable state is, is to provide that uh, kind of uh, parity and in, in experience uh, with the Marriott's, JetBlue's, Deltas of the world, all those other travel brands uh, that we all know and love. Um, but it, it to start, it was really about educating the operators, um, helping uh, provide that context of why technology is so important. Uh, as I'm sure as you can attest in, in knowing a lot of other operators, um, I don't think DPVs in this category because you, you all are, are thinking about the future and uh, pushing the envelope when it comes to that. Um, but there had been this mentality of this is how we've always done it. Um, and so we're starting to see that shift, which is awesome. Uh, but it, it took a lot of education um, and working side by side with operators to get to where we are today. Got it. Totally. And kudos to you guys for, for having that aha moment within the industry. And I am very confident that you guys do well in the, in the near future. And I'm sure that you guys are having some major tailwind on your end. A um, couple of questions. So currently, you guys have sort of a pre-booking process and a full automation process. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, so uh, if you wanted, you can offer a full online booking process, no touch. Um, many operators choose the instant quoting option and, and the operator assistant booking option where they have more of that uh, manual and team control um, and can improve approve every step along the way uh, so that it's not just a customer reserving a vehicle for tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, when nobody's in the office. Um, but you know, even with the operator assisted booking, it's a giant leap for the industry in really turning these businesses into 24 seven businesses uh, that are able to capture customers and bring them into their process around the clock. Um, so we're no longer restrained to that nine to five uh, and missing out on business at night and weekends because nobody's in the office. Uh, now we can capture those customers and bring them through your process digitally. Got it. Thank you, Louis. And what is the average sort of transaction fee? Do you guys charge per transaction or do you guys charge 
or sort of the volume? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it typically depends on the operator. Um, some operators, we have uh, pure transaction uh, fees um, with a monthly minimum. And so typically, it's in the 3.5% range. Um, and uh, what we see across our operators, they market up to customers. Um, and it's kind of that like convenience factor. Uh, same thing with a ticket master where you uh, get to the final process uh, and you go to buy a ticket and you see that there's actually a convenience fee broken out. Um, with Embossy, it's all, all included into one price. Um, so it makes it really clean and easy there. Um, but then we, we also work with operators uh, who prefer a multi, multi-subscription um, and prefer that model. So we're, we're pretty flexible on that front. For us, what, what we saw is that um, you know, we're helping operators scale up. Uh, we're helping them become more accessible to customers and, and uh, have that service be more accessible. And so let's grow together. Uh, you're not fixed to a monthly fee. You know that Bussy's going to work uh, day in, day out to make sure you're successful because that's really when we get paid um, and we want to help you grow. And so that's that's why we like that model. Um, and it's it's great that the operators can mark it up and really retain all their margin in that sense. Um, and what we found across the board is that uh, most operators were underpricing. Uh, and so when they do mark that up uh, to the customer, um, there's there's not a second blink at it. Um, customers are willing to do it because they love the process. And they love how seamless it is um, and they can't get it anywhere else. Got it. So, so Louis, with the sort of, with the current infrastructure, um, are you guys sort of using any sort of AI in uh, artificial intelligence to dictate when the operators already sold out and it will notify sort of the travelers when, the, when, you know, if, if the operators already booked? Yes. Uh, so not not really AI at, at this point. Um, I'm sure as you can attest, uh, I don't know if this industry is quite ready for, for AI, um, but definitely uh, factoring in real-time availability, um, having the system know uh, when there's availability, pricing dynamically based off of that. And so many of the things that uh, the airlines today from a, a pricing strategy uh, perspective uh, can happen when we're busy. And uh, the operator can truly be dynamic when it comes to pricing for the first time. Um, but they're definitely down the road, there will be opportunities to incorporate machine learning, provide pricing recommendations to the operators. Um, and I think, think things like GPT-3 and, and ChatGPT, uh, you know, many are saying that some, some tour companies will be going out of business because you can ask ChatGPT uh, what, what an itinerary should be in any given place. And so... I think I think technologies like that provide an opportunity, especially on the like sales autom- automation side, uh, where teams can have those types of technologies write emails, um, you know, write invoices, write different uh, parts of the process uh, directly for the sales team, so that the sales team can be freed up to focus on winning more business, interacting with clients, and deepening those relationships. For us, we like to say that we're we're never never trying to automate. Uh, the charter sales team out of a job. We're trying to enhance what they do on a day-to-day basis, save they, them time so they can focus on the most important aspects of their job. Got it. And in the essence of transparency and productivity, do you guys have sort of any data that support upon implementing Bussy? How many sort of employees you'll be able the headcount that that you're able to reduce the overhead costs? Yeah, I mean for us, we like to think of Buffy as, as an extension of a sales team. So on the headcount uh, side, you know, if you have, you can scale up to three people 
uh, if you're using Bussy and you had one person on your team. Um, so Bussy acts as two sales reps and can provide some of that automation there. Um, and for, for many operators, we found that they have operations people uh, pitching in for sales. And so they can now reallocate those people to the job that they're supposed to be doing and free them up to, to do that quality work uh, in other parts of the org. Um, so it, it really depends on the scale of the operator and the size. Uh, but for some of our, our customers, we've completely stripped out the need to do any quoting. Uh, and if you can imagine the team no longer being bogged down, crunching numbers and, and providing quote calculations, uh, it can free up 60 to 120 hours a week across medium-sized operators um, and get them focused on moving more to bookings. Um, and so that's, that's really where we see the opportunity and efficiency. Um, it's, like I said, it's not about you know, reducing your staff, but maybe it's about reallocating. Um, but I, I know some operators, they, they might want to reduce staff and um, the system can definitely provide efficiencies there. Um, and that's, that's the thing. It's, it's about efficiency, not about staff reduction at the end of the day. Got it. Very well said. And Louis, switching a little bit of the subject, let's just say for mid-sized to larger operators that are doing reservations nationwide and some that are doing worldwide, what sort of capabilities that Bussy has to sort of um, either create sort of the automation process, farming out jobs to other affiliates across the nation and sort of, you know, making sure that the, there's a, a price compliance perspective um, and mitigating that risk. Uh, sometimes uh, there's events where uh, there's a major event, let's just say in New York, and everybody sold out and then there's sort of there's so, so many different prices that could affect that particular reservation. And sometimes we take a hit because we just didn't know there was a massive event. So I guess is the question sort of broad is what is the capabilities that Bossy has when it comes to affiliates? And is that does it have any sort of dynamic pricing as well? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so I guess just for just more simply from a dynamic pricing uh, perspective, definitely uh, there's the ability to price dynamically, uh, price by uh, certain times of the year, certain dates, uh, maybe because like you said, there's a big event. Um, and so that that's really what we want to enable for operators is to no longer have their pricing be fixed, um, but be dynamic and change uh, depending on how the market's changing. Uh, on the affiliate side, uh, this is an area where we're really excited about and building really deeply into. Um, we want operators to be connected. I know it's a it's a really big and common thing in the limo side of the business. Uh, it's not as big in the charter operator or bus operator side of the business. Uh, there hasn't really been as much of that connection. Um, and so uh, today we, we we offer this uh, like distribution type layer. Um, where operators uh, can be connected to different demand channels um, and really aggregate uh, at scale. Uh, but for us, it's, it's about enabling how do we connect those operators uh, together uh, better and enable multi-party payouts in real time and uh, so that everybody uh, is whole at the end of the process. There's no compliance issues um, or the need to go ahead and reconcile. Um, and so... It's an area that we're we're pretty early on on um, in terms of building, but we're really excited about, it and we're going to move quickly uh, into it uh, because it's definitely important for the the broader ecosystem and uh, to help support operators even more deeply as they they capture some of those large scale moves. Got it. Uh, thank you, Louis. So again, I will go back to what I mentioned earlier. Is that a first statement to say, Louis, that once the booking is taking place, 
it goes into a particular sort of booking portal, but can that be sort of, can that data be sent to other dispatching software? So that way if I'm under Limo Anywhere or Livery Coach or all these different platforms um, that I have the capability to either keep it with the same software or to use both of the softwares. Yeah, t- today, as I mentioned, there's there's no live integrations into a limo, the limo anywheres of the world. Um, Bussy is set up for API integrations. Uh, we're, we're a cloud-based software platform and um, as, as modern as they come. Uh, but um, for us, you, you can retain all that data directly in Bussy. When somebody books, um, it's in what we, we call our range operator portal. Uh, that's kind of the hub for operators and, and that operating system uh, that you can use and find all the essentials needed to run your business. Um, and so that that's where they live today. Um, and you also have the dispatching capability and functionality there. Um, but we, we are equipped to do those types of integrations. Uh, there just really hasn't been a strong enough demand yet uh, to, to do that. And for us, we, we open the opportunity to operators. Uh, let's create the ideal system of the future. You know, think about what are you dreaming about at night? And and if you are dreaming about technology at night, um, what is, what does that dream system look like? And how does it function for you? Because uh, I think our, our team's uniquely positioned to solve some of those challenges that exist today uh, in the current technology landscape and, and provide a really incredible experience for operators and their customers. Totally. Very well said. Thank you, Louis. And switching a little bit of subjects, Louis, what are the main challenges that you guys, that you guys are currently experiencing? Just yesterday, we were interviewing another uh, vendor in the uh, transportation and logistics. And what the trends that I'm currently seeing is that a lot of operators, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, within the next six months to 12 months. So are you seeing sort of sales trending up? Is this sort of staying very consistent where you are right now? What is, what is your main challenges? And is that one of your main challenges, sort of the uncertainty within the market? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good question and definitely top of mind closing out 2022 and heading into 2023. Um, I completely agree. There's a, a ton of uncertainty in the world. Uh, we're seeing it across the board with, with big Fortune 500s, uh, all the way down to small startups and uh, small businesses uh, with layoffs and uh, you know cost reduction. Um, for us, we're definitely being cautious uh, just in terms of our, our spend and how rapidly we scale. Um, but at the end of the day, these types of situations and the uncertainty provide really nice tailwinds for uh, companies like Bussy, uh, where we drive that efficiency. We help them save time in the process. We help them uh, be more efficient in capturing bookings and improving profit uh, because the best way to survive uncertainty is profit and profit margin. Um, and so that's, that's really what we're focused on in, in terms of educating operators on. And so it, I think I think we'll begin to see even more uptick from a sales perspective as operators look to be more efficient. Um, that way they can come out of uh, the uncertainty and, and capture uh, as much business as possible and do it in a profitable way. Um, so we're, we're excited about it. Uh, we're definitely, uh, you know, we, we keep an eye on it for sure. Uh, and I think it, you'd be crazy not to um, because, the, you know, the macro picture doesn't look great overall, but there's there's plenty of ways to uh, improve, grow, and, and, and be profitable during those times. And so it's really just about the, the strategy I've going in, into it. Um, and for us, it's, it's about staying lean and continuing to do what we do best, uh, which is build incredible software for, for operators. Yep. Staying lean and profitable. Totally agree. 
especially yeah, during absolutely. these uncertainty uh, times. <laughs> Um, may I ask, is your company private? Are you guys uh, backed by private equity? What's your sort of the, the background behind the company? Yeah, great, great question as well. Um, so we are, we are a private company. Um, we, we have a investor, uh, existing investor group, um, largely angel investors, uh, some institutional investors, um, not, not really on the private equity side. Um, you know, for myself and my co-founder, uh, we retain ownership of, of the majority of the company. Um, and that's really, really where we want to be uh, in the long term. You know, for us, we don't necessarily see a need to go raise uh, $30 million tomorrow to hire a bunch of salespeople to knock on operators' doors. Um, that's not what's going to help us win um, and, and help operators at the end of the day. Uh, in this industry, it's about building trust, about those relationships, um, and continuing to show up and, and provide value to operators. And so... That's where we focus our efforts, um, but you know we're always looking to to partner with operators um, and ensuring that we can continue to add value. Um, and so that's kind of how we approach it. But you come back to profitability. Uh, it's focusing on how do we be as as profitable as possible and sustainable because when you're in that position, you control your destiny. Totally, very well said. And and Lewis, what innovations would you like to see in the transportation space? I know you mentioned about sort of the awareness of how operators could operate differently and what got us here won't get, won't get us there. Uh, so that with that being said, Louis, what would we like to see innovated and, and changes in the transportation sector? Yeah, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a really great question and something we, we definitely think about a lot. A lot. Um, on, the, on the smaller scale, I'd like to see more operators embrace technology, of course. Um, as I mentioned, this has definitely been a technology layered industry. Uh, many op operators comfortable with with pen and paper uh, and the calculator on their desk, um, and for them, it, it's worked. But we really are heading into an age uh, where it's not going to be sustainable. Uh, there's a lot of threats of competition. Acquiring customers more competitive than ever. Uh, there's more brokers in the space, and in the hotel and in uh, and. Not saying that all brokers are bad and don't provide value to operators. Um, that's definitely not the case. Um, but in the hotel and airline industry, uh, OTAs own forty percent of all online business, uh, and so that model is not going to work for a lot of small businesses. Uh, if you're, if you can imagine that forty percent of your business is going to get sold back to you for educational purposes, including myself. When you said OTA, what do you mean by OTA? So online OTA stands for online travel agencies, and I, I apologize, I, I get so. Uh, caught up in the the acronyms sometimes, um, and so you know, like the Expedias and Kayaks of the world, uh, they're great for generating demand. But if you're relying on sixty to seventy percent of your business to come from that, um, it's it's really hard uh, to survive. And so it's about building direct sales. Um, so in the simplest form, in terms of innovation, um, I want operators to come online to digitize their inventory, digitize their their end to end charter sales process and and booking process and really provide uh, that experience that brokers who are coming into the space are providing to customers um, because that is what customers want in today's day and age. Um, as you mentioned, you, you, had, you and the team at DPV always look uh, how to push the envelope and provide that incredible online experience. Um, and so we need more operators embracing that type of, of mindset um, because that's what's going to help the industry to grow. It's going to help the industry be sustainable um, and really put buses even more so on the map. Uh, I think buses get a bad name and it's not fair to the industry because there's a lot of really incredible operators. Um, but we are in a spot today where we can innovate on the experience um, and, and 
it, it's interesting to me always because operators, they focus on experience. And they talk about providing great experience and they do that with the transportation piece. But experience starts with the first interaction with the customer. And so it, it goes from that all the way through to dropping them off their final destination and then how you engage with them after. And so thinking more hol- holistically about, about that as the experience and not more isolated cases of just the transportation itself. Um, I guess just a little bit more on like future thinking technology. Um, definitely uh, w- would love to see more adoption um, across the space and like looking at those new tools that are coming out, whether it's uh, AI or, or machine learning. Um, I think there's a lot of really interesting applications. We're not quite there yet. Um, it's it's a, a few years away, but um, I'm excited to keep tracking that and, and seeing how we can incorporate new technology and, and help operators scale. Totally. Thank you, Louis. And switching subjects in, in this podcast, we talk a lot about the uh, the future around transportation, whether it's flying vehicles, autonomous vehicles, drones. How well position is busy along the way? And and obviously, this is a a very large question because we, we're all as an industry are adapting to sort of this new trend that it could be in the next decade or so. Um, how will you guys position yourself in the event that it happens? Yeah, that's a that's a definitely a really great question, um, and something that's also uh, in the back of our heads in terms of how can we prepare for the future um, and even future proof busy because technology changes every single day, um, and so you have to you have to be up on it. Um, you know, for us, I think electric vehicles is, is super interesting in this space. Um, it's not quite there yet; the infrastructure is not there, um, but seeing like how can we partner. Uh, with those types of companies and farther that mission of electrifying fleets um, and providing the infrastructure, um, especially from the software side of things. Uh, so where is, where is Bussy uniquely positioned to support that effort? Uh, same thing with uh, autonomous vehicles. Um, I, I think we're ways away when it comes to high-capacity autonomous vehicles uh, in the charter space. Uh, it, it might be uh, more near-term in the public transit, uh, you know, uh, close, short routes, last mile transportation uh, type of moves, um, but also thinking from the software side, you know, how do we incorporate and, and build Bussy to support those types of efforts? Um, I know, obviously, that'd be complementary to the driver shortage right now if there there was autonomous buses. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think that's ways away uh, in terms of the private charter industry. Um, and really, it's about how do we source drivers um, or help source drivers for operators and, and uh, help operators provide a credible experience for operate, for the drivers today. Uh, that's kind of been our focus there. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's always about, at the end of the day for Bussy, the way we think about everything is uh, how can we support the efforts? How can we uh, be team operator through and through in everything we do um, and really help this industry grow as a whole? Uh, that's that's always been top of mind, the kind of the lens we look at the world through. Totally. Thank you, Lewis. And you mentioned electrical vehicles. Have you guys thought about what sort of mechanisms and tools can Bussy offer to show travelers and consumers that by going with XYZ operators, they're reducing, you know, a carbon footprints for this specific vehicle? That's one of the projects that we're working on. I'm curious to see, you know, if that's something that you guys consider in the in the near future as well. Yeah, that that I think that's a awesome part of the puzzle. 
Um, for us, you know, I think the first step is educating consumers on how incredible uh, high capacity vehicles like buses and, 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 you know, school buses, motor coaches, et cetera, already are for the environment. Um, but also there, I think there's some unique opportunities on the payment side, uh, to incorporate carbon offsets, uh, really help, uh, fleets become carbon neutral. I know there's other operators already working towards that, uh, just in terms of the low purchase credits, carbon offset credits. Um, as kind of a, a rebate for uh, people booking with them. And so I, it's not, you know, incorporating that into the payment process and enabling consumers to be a part of that, um, I think could be really interesting or donating a percent of sales uh, to those types of programs. Um, but we're, we're definitely thinking of ways to help with that. Uh, you know, we're, we're in a climate crisis. Um, I, it'd be hard to ignore that. And, and that's why we're excited to be in this industry because, it's one of those industries that is taking cars off the road. It is reducing emissions um, around the world. And so we can be at the forefront of that and, and really help operators um, in regards to that. You know, today, we do have a, a website launch service uh, where we help operators launch brand new websites in under two weeks. Uh, and for us, it's also about on those, on those types of websites. And, and when we provide that kind of marketing help um, in, that, in that service, uh, about educating consumers on, like I said, the the... Uh, how climate friendly operators are, are already today uh, without purchasing carbon offsets, without planting trees for every trip. Uh, but I think there's a lot of creative ways to go about it. Totally. Thank you, Louis. And just to conclude, what is the number one book, business book that you'd recommend for all the listeners? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. Um, I'm, I'm reading The Hard Thing About Hard Things uh, by Ben Harwitz right now. Um, Definitely recommend that to any business leader out there, uh, especially during these times where uh, the macro environment isn't looking too great um, and you need to make the necessary decisions. Uh, in his book, he calls it a wartime CEO. And so it's never easy to be a wartime CEO, uh, but there is certain times where that's needed um, and you need to make the right decisions for your company. Uh, so that, that's a great book. Um, I love Never Split the Difference uh, by Chris Voss. Um, FBI negotiator, hostage negotiator, uh, talks you through the tips of the trade in terms of negotiating, application to sales, application it really into everything you do in life, um, and how to uh, take control of the conversation. So I think that's a, a great book as well. Everything is a negotiation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, Chris, Chris Voss likes to say in this book a lot, uh, it's about being fair. Um, and so how do you come to that, that common ground, uh, be fair in negotiation? Um, and, you know, my grandfather used to always say, uh, better to have a small piece of a big pie than a big piece of a small pie. And so that's, that's kind of the mindset and, and practice I've taken in everything I've done uh, in life and in my career. That brings me to my last question, Louis. What is the best single advice that you have ever gotten? Best single advice I've ever gotten? Um, oh, that's a, that's a doozy. Uh, let's see here. Um, you know, I, I was actually talking about this today, uh, with, with my, my girlfriend, um, be kind at the end of the day, uh, being kind and empathetic, uh, to, to people around you is going to propel you to a whole nother level. Um, and so it, it really is vital to, you know, understand that maybe somebody's having an off day, uh, not jump down the throat because of it, uh, to be patient. Uh, in, in that sense, um, and that, you know, we're all we're all human. At the end of the day, we all make mistakes. But if you practice this lens of empathy and uh, kindness, I think it's going to take everybody really far. 
totally. And I always say, Louis, that the the common, the most common things in life are the ones that we don't do, uh, whether they're free, right? Like, for example, working out, reading, uh, being in nature, the things, simple things that we don't do. And, and like you mentioned, even with empathy, a lot of times we make so much assumptions about the other individual but and not even knowing anything about that other person. Exactly. Cool. Hey, so Lewis, thank you very much for being in our podcast tonight. How can we, for all the listeners, how can we learn more about Bussy? Yeah, uh, you can reach out to me at, at Lewis at getbussy.com um, or you can visit our website, which is getbussy.com or www.getbussy.com. Uh, but always happy to connect, uh, share more about what we're doing and how we're supporting operators um, or, or be of assistance or help for any other entrepreneurs or business leaders or people just starting out, um, you know, at the end of the day, want to give back and, uh, help grow the ecosystem. So, uh, feel, don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect. There you go. Co-founder and CEO of Bussy. Thank you for joining us tonight, Lewis. Um, for all the listeners, please make sure you like and subscribe and we'll see you in our next episode. Have a nice day. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the future of ground transportation. We appreciate you coming along for the ride. If you found value in this episode and want to hear more, please make sure to subscribe to the show.